0: Kate Talk. Kate Talk. What's up, Pepper? On 072 567 1567. It's race day on Sunday. Can you believe it? It's already time for the Cape Town Cycle Tour. Something like 30,000 cyclists hitting the road for the 45th edition of the tour. And as you've probably heard several times this week, there are two different routes this year. There's the traditional 109 kilometre race, but there's also the introduction of a shorter 42 kilometre route, which is really intended for... The weekend warriors, the novices, the kids, maybe those who are getting back into cycling after having had a break or haven't had a chance to do proper training. So we thought we'd use today's health segment to talk about your health and well being on race day. And if you've got any questions around that theme, now is your time to call us on 0214460567 or send a voice note to 072 goes Because with me in studio is the man of the moment, the chief medical officer for the race, Dr. Darren Green, needs very little introduction to to the Cape Talk audience. It's welcome back. Uh, Darren, good to have you with us. Thank
1: you so much. Excitement in the air, obviously. Ahead obviously of this weekend. A
0: very busy weekend for you. Uh, I mean, there are things to talk about doing before the race, during the race and after the race. Um, and should we start with before? I mean, obviously <laughs> you should get a good night's rest before you undertake something of this uh, magnitude, particularly if you're doing the 109 kilometres. Yes. A lot of... People Wondering what's the best way to to eat, to drink, what nutrition wise, to set yourself up for the best race? Well,
1: I think the first thing is don't lose a bet at a braai and then, uh, you know, bet entering the race. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. you you'll be surprised how many people lose a bet and then have to ride. Have
0: to ride it for that, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: anyway, so I think, yeah, right at the onset, I think what you fueling your body with and uh, how you condition yourself for the terrain and for the duration. I mean 109 kilometers. It's a long way. It sounds very far uh, and uh, the terrain is not all flat. Yeah. So unless you've had a look at the actual route and understand that the the elements, and we know what Cape Town's like around yep. the peninsula, as you're going through Simonstown, Smitswinkel, Partridge Point, the back end, you can understand that the weather gets can get windy. Yep. And you don't always have a, a you know, <laughs> a tailwind. Yep. You often have to cycle straight into that. So you work really hard. And the, it's, it's a proper effort, the 109 kilometers. But it's in the most scenic conditions yeah. in the world. It's There's really lot, beautiful. Lot to
0: distract you, um, <laughs> but still, I mean, it goes without saying one really should do proper preparation. I mean, yeah. I heard a voice note this morning, Darren, you called in to describe showing up at the start line in the nineteen eighty two race and saying, "Oh, can can I ride?" and setting off with no idea Just where like he was that. going. Well, and I thought, well, good for you, and he finished it to his credit. But yes. that's that's not the not exactly it's planning not ideal way of planning your route it. is yeah. it? You no, so a lot of a
1: lot of people obviously uh, have done it. 10 or 15 times yeah. and I think that if I think about medically now the race started from in terms of medical prep and support with a few volunteer GPs that would that like cycling just yeah. standing next to the road and watching the cyclists. Sure. A few uh, orthopods from a uh, hospital Constantia would then just support the race yeah. and it's grown into a much more exacting science in inventing medicine now with Proper risk assessment from martial training and officials along the route, looking at dangerous curves and looking at how to make the race as safe as we possibly can. Oh. Even considering the skill sets of the different levels of rider, amateur yeah. to professional. And that then backed up with the, the different support services, including medical along the route, where we now have 15 medical points. Okay. And it's good for the cyclists that are nervous to know. Medically, at least, you know, you've got you've got a a total of 15 points, uh, which consists of a a doctor and nurse combinations Okay. where you can stop check in. If you're worried about anything, they can check your heart rate, your blood pressure. They can answer some questions, tell you whether you need to be worrying about your tummy that's feeling nauseous or your cramps, etc. And when to escalate care and when to say, no, carry on a little bit longer. We can check you out a little bit further down the route. Yeah. So that that's an offer that's there. And then we still have the pre-hospital emergency medical services, like almost 65 ambulances out there, uh, with medics on bikes and response vehicles and emergency medical services. And I think uh, the biggest fear, obviously, are things like cardiac arrest. For those that, you know, you do get sudden cardiac uh, arrests in people, uh, even that are seasoned athletes. We've seen this across the, the board in different sporting codes and so forth. But at this event, I can tell you we've got like 96 AEDs, you know, the uh, automated external defibrillators. Okay. So if you need to, a shock, a shockable rhythm of the heart to re- restart it. We've got 96 of those spread out around the route. Some of them fixed, some of them moving. Yeah. So the, the, the most important thing is to identify that need early. Yeah. Call it in to the VOC for help, and then we distribute the resources that are the closest, as quickly as possible, to give you the best chance at survival for those serious cases. <laughs> so there are many levels of support that are available mm. to our cyclists. It's fascinating
0: to hear how intense that is. I mean, obviously, we know over the years we've been covering this race. Sadly, there have been the odd fatality here and there for for many reasons. And it's not usually an accident or a fall or anything like that. It is usually some or other underlying health issue. In any mass participation event,
1: there's that risk factor of doing an endurance event, you know, that uh, one has to try and you plan as best you can for that. And uh, you yourself, as as you've said, as the athlete, can definitely do a few things beforehand to give yourself the best chance. And I think that's what we're talking about.
0: So before we talk about what we do beforehand and during, I mean, I'm hearing from you loud and clear. If you find that you are experiencing symptoms of any kind while you're competing, you don't have to just ignore it and push through and think, oh, well, I'll just pretend this isn't happening and go, go through it. There True are that. points there to stop and ask the question, and rather to stop and ask and sacrifice a minute or Absolutely. two of your time. And also, and know to know that when, you're okay. when to stop and yeah. ask.
1: I mean, the big ones are obviously things like chest pain. Yep. So, chest pain is a big one. Chest pain could be due to, you know, you just burning and yeah. you haven't smoked in a few, <laughs> hours, in a few yeah. hours for some yeah. people, and now you're cycling. But it could also mean that your heart's under pressure. Uh, it could also mean your blood pressure's up. You could have shortness of breath because of an underlying lung infection and maybe just a cough that you thought was hay fever when you started the race, you know. And by no fault of yours do you discover, well, my heart rate's going up and I'm feeling much more distressed and short of breath than I normally do, especially after a bit of uh, exertion. Then we can stop, have a, have a look, have a listen, check those parameters out and give you some solid, uh, you know, advice. Um, and then obviously things like uh, gastroenteritis or tummy bags beforehand, yeah. that's a big one. People want to know, if you're going to take part in an endurance event, your gut has to absorb the nutrition and the fuel that fuels the muscles over 109 kilometers. Yeah. So if you start off with a deficit, being behind on fluid and not having an appetite you can imagine you're not going to necessarily eat and hydrate and rehydrate properly during the race. And then you fall further behind, your kidneys don't get enough fluid, your electrolytes drop, you start cramping more, Mm. etc, etc. So, yeah, if you have got an infection of the gut and you can't absorb food properly and you've lost your appetite, it could give you a very poor uh, race outcome.
0: So, I mean, and there is a Dreadful gastro bug doing the rounds in Cape Town right now. Uh, so everywhere you've go had I go, I
1: hear about uh, you know yeah. different varieties. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if there.
0: you've yeah. had it, I mean, is it, a, it really think carefully about whether you start yeah, at all? Yeah. So or? I
1: think appetite and whether you can uh, tolerate oral fluids okay. and ingest without uh, without vomiting. I think a big telltale sign. Sorry for the graphics. Are whether there's blood and slime in the stool for people? Yeah. If you have blood and slime in the stool, it indicates a different form of gastroenteritis, which we call dysentery, and that requires often if it's bacterial. Uh, an antibiotic treatment yeah. and is a lot more serious than just a passing viral or food poisoning bug that lasts 24 hours yeah. etc so yeah some you important might for that. Okay. discernment there
0: now, speaking of antibiotics, you've reminded me to ask you about medications. Oh, uh, that's a big one. I know particularly the the issue of taking painkillers during the race is one yeah. you need to be mindful of. Won't you explain? Well, if yeah. people
1: people that uh, are anticipating a bit of knee pain from arthritis, a bit of back pain from sitting on the bike for six <laughs> hours plus on the day, <laughs> take yeah. some, uh, some, some simple analgesics. By simple, I mean things like paracetamol. The problem comes in when you have these combo drugs where you've got a bit of an anti-inflammatory with the paracetamol. Yeah. Uh, And you have something that's a little bit stronger from the opiate group of painkillers, like, uh, let's say, codeine or tramadol. Uh, Those then can impair your level of consciousness, and and you can become uh, slow to react. It can make you cause accidents on the road. You can also lose concentration and fall. Your falling risk is higher for injuries then. So you've got to think of that. Uh, It also affects the tummy. Codeine constipates you. It affects your, your gut health quite significantly. And then uh, the anti-inflammatories, most people forget. On race day, if there's one thing I can tell you, is don't take anti-inflammatories while you are riding really? and just before you ride. And the reason for that is simple. It affects the blood supply to the kidney and It can also, in the absence of sufficient hydration and fluids, cause damage to the kidney and scarring where you eventually get renal failure and sure. might even need later on dialysis from writing off your kidneys. Oh my goodness. So anti-inflammatories yeah. are not to be taken lightly in any endurance sport on race day. So just remember that one. Okay.
0: What about along the route? You've, I mean, you've yes. highlighted several times keep up your hydration, mm-hmm. take in nutrition. A lot of people like the sort of energy-boosting supplements
1: and goo sachets and things like that. <laughs> like to a party. Good you idea, that's...
0: bad idea. Yeah, I think yeah.
1: energy-wise, so people anticipate when they're going to get tired. They mm. they assume about 50, 60 Ks in, they're going to need some uh, some glucose boosters. Yeah. And the problem is what you choose. So you, you get different types of products out there that give you a sugar boost. And uh, obviously, sugar does give you energy. The problem is with a lot of the refined sugars and and uh, specifically things like corn syrup, uh, Etc., uh, what they do is they spike your sugar level and give you a high for about 40 45 minutes, and you're feeling wow, yeah, I've yeah. got some energy, <laughs> but then you plummet after that, even lower than you were initially, uh, and then you even have a, a, just a delayed onset of more fatigue, and you can injure yourself. At the
0: yourself. bottom of Sokoborsi, no doubt. That's yeah. it, and
1: yeah. then the, the other one is the caffeine gels, so you okay. find uh, people. Uh, don't realize how caffeine works is it just prevents your your body uh, telling the receptors that you're actually tired so it blocks yeah. the receptors for that message to go through and that's how you feel a little bit more awake but it doesn't help with concentration like with studying C- caffeine yeah. doesn't it actually Keeps you awake it doesn't actually help yeah yeah so people must be careful and then the rhythm disturbances of the heart if you take three or four cups of coffee straight after each other you feel nauseous anxious a little bit jittery mm. That's what happens on the bike, then you feel a little bit nauseous, your tummy starts turning, and you could feel really unwell if you're not used to that amount of stimulant and caffeine yeah. on race day so you have to have to not try new things on race day the low GI stuff the good old boiled potatoes and boiled eggs that people <laughs> used to take with when well, those work really well for the you'll see there they there's some uh, guys out there and ladies that have been doing this for 20, 30 years. Yeah. And you must see them come with their little uh, b- bag the of tricks.
0: Boiled potatoes. That's Never heard that one before. okay we'll with
1: salt for a little bit of sodium yeah. for the cramping, etc. cetera, um, and keeping the, the sodium levels up because with your loss of fluids, you could lose electrolytes and water. Okay. So that keeps – that's why people often ask me about salt tablets, yeah. magnesium, slow mag, all those things for cramping. But cramping – is a big topic. Yeah,
0: all on its own. I mean, do you want to give us the 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 bullet bullet point notes, uh, (laughs) the
1: two-minute version? The most common cause of cramping is not uh, a shortage of electrolytes. The most common cause is poor conditioning. In other words, you haven't trained sufficiently at this intensity or this duration over this length, of course, with the terrain in consideration, but also the environmental conditions that steal your fluid and your electrolytes. Mm. So that's the first thing. So then there's a genetic de- uh, component to cramping as well. Oh, really? where you could where You yeah. could be more predisposed to cramping earlier with exertion. But how it actually works is in the muscle spindle, there's a little special organ called the Golgi tendon. And it's so amazing, as that is as, as, as stretched... Uh, too too quickly, it actually has a reactive reflex reaction that causes you to go into spasm okay. and cramp, and then different people can relax that spasm at different rates depending on many factors. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, so less than ten percent have cramps because of a shortage of magnesium or calcium.
0: The other, uh, 90% the other ninety percent just prep hard enough. Uh, and, yeah, and <laughs>
1: okay. also their bike setup might be wrong oh, in right, terms yeah. of their their pedal stroke, their height of the seat, for example, and how the bike is set up, mm. and the dynamics on that biokinetic chain can then overload certain muscle groups, cause mismatch between the front compartment and the oh, rear that's compartment, and then you have overexertion on certain components with imbalance on them in the muscle groups, and you could then have obviously excessive straining and you get itb problems on the side yeah. knee problems are big and so too are, are lower back problems when we when we look at cycling
0: Sure. Okay, there's a lot to keep in mind here. We are, by the way, for those who've joined us later, we're talking to Dr. Darren Green, who is the Chief Medical Officer for the Cape Town Cycle Tour. So if you've got any questions for him, you're welcome to pop through a voice note to 0725671567. Well, this was a question I didn't expect, but I'll ask it anyway. When will we see Dr. Darren take on one of the
1: routes? (laughs) Gosh, every year. I've just decided I'd love to do it with my son, who's 13. I think uh, you can apply you know, at that age to do it with with your kids. And I would love to, but it would mean that I'd have to step out of the role that a I'm in role, and find yeah. a replacement uh, for <laughs> that. Which is not so easy. It's, a, it's, a, it's quite a high spec, uh, you know, demand. Yeah, but fair anyway, enough. Let's see. So uh, are, you, are you offering to sponsor a bike? Thank you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> whoever said that. Okay, fine. We've, we've got Darren's number. We'll connect you after the show. Thank you so much for the suggestion. Um, I wanted to raise, somebody sent a WhatsApp last week, and I've been keeping it to ask you today. Uh, anonymous saying, a plea for all cyclists, so please keep a copy of their ID and medical aid cards on them uh, uh-huh. because in the event of an accident if they have to be taken to an ER or trauma unit it helps so much is yes. that necessary I mean I know you've got your, obviously your race number is attached yeah. to your medical information somewhere in the system well, so how quickly does that for work for this event yeah.
1: uh, they're so well organised with the cycle tour. Uh, kudos to the event organisers they have that information through privacy and poppy etc yeah. they collect that information directly from the rider and it's only available to the essential uh, legally you know Uh, permitted people on race day to give you that uh, that help so we know for example if you're on a medical aid which medical aid you're on who your next of kin is and uh, i have access to that information only in the voc and only for the purposes that they've consented to for the race so they can rely on that and then we then can fast track where they need to receive treatment as quickly as possible
0: and so for example if rider 437 is unconscious at Smithsville, by The first medic to get there can phone you and say, we've got rider 437. And you can say they're asthmatic or they've got a previous heart condition. You've got that, all of that, that at that your fingertips. That is so because
1: you've just uh, t- tipped us as to what actually happens. The, 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 yeah. the rider doesn't know. So, yeah, they call it into the VOC, which is the control center. Yeah. Our, our, our team, control and dispatch team, firstly asks where it is who the rider number is, etc., And then we've got that available in the VOC as to uh, looking up the background of that Fantastic. person. Fantastic. Good to know. And then yeah. we can fast track uh, to decide, do they come to the end race treatment facility do depending on the pathology hospital. or straight yeah. to hospital off the route?
0: So now you know why they asked so many questions and the form beforehand yeah. with very, very good helps reason. Helps on
1: race day. Thank yeah. you.
0: <laughs> okay. So in the event, uh, uh, I mean, f- any advice for for bystanders uh, who watching the race if they witness somebody in distress, gap, Darren?
1: Yeah, I think that's It's a massive one. I can't tell you how many times a bystander or a fellow rider or cyclist has actually helped save someone's life on this on this event, but on other events too. what we call bystander CPR. In other words, recognizing someone collapse, checking whether they're responsive or not, shouting for help and someone to call the VOC or, or, uh, you know, the the ambulance number 084124. Uh, uh, will automatically start the emergency response and then they start CPR on that person, yeah. knowing how to position their hands and just start CPR in a rhythm to the BG, staying alive. If yeah. you forget, remember that. <laughs> so uh, that that helps tremendously. And what we do then is once that uh, chain is activated, we can get a defibrillating ev- uh, device or an AED to the scene, yeah. attach it to the person's chest and actually shock a shockable rhythm if required to help give them the best chance. What people don't know is for every minute you delay shocking a heart that is now in a rest, yeah. you lose a 10% chance of a positive outcome. So the most important thing is to start CPR as quickly as possible and w- without interruptions. And it's 30 to two for those that have forgotten, 30 chest compressions okay. to two breaths. Uh, and you do that until the AED arrives and then you attach that to the chest and the instructions of the AED are actually normally very clear whether you're in the supermarket or wherever, they all tell you exactly, exactly what, what to, to do. do. Yeah. And that will then deliver the shock. And we've, we've actually got a story that's, that just broke today of someone that collapsed and arrested and was unconscious without a heart, heartbeat for two minutes last year. Yeah. And uh, his story has now been released today as a thank you and a, and a really, really cel- celebration of the importance of early recognition of, uh, of distress Gosh. activating this the, and then, you know, getting stuck in You're there, giving
0: so. me goosebumps. Okay, so that's on the it's MediClinic platforms that's if you the want the to, to read platforms. it. They
1: released the story today. Yeah. What
0: a story. So somebody was actually saved by bystander CPR last year. Uh, I mean, that's that says it all, Darren. So if you're going to watch... Be alert in what you're watching. Don't just be standing looking for your loved one coming by. Do keep an eye on everybody else as well. And, uh, I mean, any final words of advice, anything we haven't touched on that you feel is really important that our our riders should know, don't Yeah,
1: I think on race day, remember fever. You can't ride with a fever. Um, That goes without saying. Uh, Lymph nodes in the neck with flu symptoms, be careful. That could be indicative of something more serious. And other than that, you know, uh, in terms of chest pain, don't ignore that. But if on race day you feel 90% 90% right, and you start the race, and you just want to check in. We know we've got a, a team of medical experts throughout the race. They're there to support you and help you ride your best race. Don't, uh, don't overlook the, the, the option.
0: Well, thank you in advance to you and the team who do such an amazing job to make sure. this possible. for. I mean, it's no small effort to make sure 30,000 people get around a route a safely. <laughs> uh, Darren, so good luck. You've got your work cut out for you, I know. Thank Hope you. it's going to be a safe and uneventful race this week. Thank but good to know much. you there if it's not. Dr. Thanks. Darren Green, uh, the Chief Medical Officer of the Cape Town Cycle Tour. And good luck to everybody who's cycling on Sunday.